Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. The 1911 is one of the most iconic firearms in history. Designed by John Browning, the 1911 was the standard-issue sidearm of the U.S. military from 1911 to 1985. While Colt produced the original, almost every major firearm company has produced its own version. It's wildly revered for its reliability, crisp trigger, and is still a favorite for all types of shooters. Whether you're looking to buy or build a 1911 and just about everything for guns, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Ah, yes. Welcome to the Bass Kayak and Beers podcast on the Paddle and Fin Network. It's your boy Armando. I don't know what this, why the settings on StreamYard today are different. I don't know why. But anyways, trying to get this all sorted out here as far as the video goes. But anyways, how is everybody doing? I hope you're all doing okay and you're having a great week. Uh, let's see. Today, for me, for the day of recording, it is Thursday. What is it? September 29th? And uh, what have I got going on? Got my beer. You already, if you already heard last week's podcast, I just gave up on on my on my diet for for the year. I'll start it off back again after the holidays. But I'm cracking open a beer again. I need one today because I went pre fishing for uh, the Lone Star Throwdown, which is going to be October eighth. I went to Stillhouse Lake, never been there, and it sucked big time. Um, yeah, the water clarity. Everybody was telling me how clear the water is. It was like. A foot of visibility at most and the water level was like down like geez like five or six feet it was really really low i couldn't even get a bite i went with matt wallace a buddy of mine from uh waco who i met uh fishing the slay nation texas series a couple of years ago good old matt wallace if you don't know him go follow him on instagram matt wallace fishing i'm assuming something matt wallace go check out for Matt wallace great Great angler from Central Texas, uh, good buddy of mine. So, yeah, he had a horrible day too. So, definitely not going to that spot on the tournament. Uh, we have the option of going to either Stillhouse or Lake Belton. I did fish Lake Belton, I think it was last year, for the Texas Kayak Championship, which also is run by um, Chris Morales. Um uh, tournament director for Southeast Texas Kayak Pass League, um, and uh, I did I did pretty well as far as bites, but I missed a couple of bites. Uh, a couple of fish uh, came off, but uh, I think I'll probably just fish out of Belton uh, to my familiar spot. But yeah, anyways, that's what that was my week. I certainly need a beer after today's humbling experience. I it's a good feeling. It's not a good feeling to get skunked. It's a good feeling to try to think back the last time you got skunk and then you don't remember because that means either not fishing that much or in my case, I have fishing, but I've been treating pretty well. Probably sometime the beginning of summer was the last time I got skunk this year. Um, but yeah, fishing has been pretty good late summer up until today. But anyways, we got a great guest for you today. We got Jeff 
God, I always screw up the last name. Isham? Jeff, I know you're in the back room, so you, you'll correct me if I got it wrong. But Jeff, Jeff just won the Angler of the Year for, to me, the most talented local tournament here in Texas, original tournament or state tournament, whatever you want to call it. The Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League is full of great anglers who have made themselves a name both locally and in national uh, trails like the Hobie BOS, KBF, and Bass Nation Kayak Series. You got Caleb Helbig. Um, you got Andrew Jacobson, Rolando Nandine. The list goes on and on, and I'm sure I'm forgetting other names, so I don't want to disrespect anybody. But yes, Jeff Isham is definitely one of the best anglers we have here in Texas. Um, I met him last year. No, actually, three years ago. He was on my show three years ago, shortly after, I think he came up eighth place at the Hobie BOS in Lake Fork. And I think Cody Milton won that tournament with a hundred and something inches. Um, it was spawning season, and Cody Milton, as most of you know, is great when it comes to spawning season. But yeah, that was the last time we got Jeff on the show. Uh, really enjoyed my conversation with Jeff. Really enjoyed just hanging out with Jeff on on tournaments and uh and his good buddy chris morales no chris morales christopher delgado i apologize by the way christopher delgado won the jeffrey asham uh sportsman award which i guess it's kind of like you know it's an award you win i guess voted by your peers if you have uh if you know for your sportsman-like attitude on and off the water, you know, and uh, being ambassador to the sport, pretty much. And Christopher Delgado, congratulations. One of the nicest guys you'll ever meet. Love Christopher Delgado. Jeff, I'm sure, will totally agree with me on that one. So congratulations, and congratulations to Jeff, who again won the Angler of the Year. I wanted to touch on something before I brought Jeff in. Um, there was a lot of talk on the Facebook page for Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League, and I wanted to give my 10 cents on this. Um, I got a cat running in front of my microphone. Sorry, I got a stray cat inside the house. I don't know why. Anyways, focusing on what, what I was going to say. Um, so um, the leaderboard was turned off halfway through day one, and which I thought, you know, you always at the end of the the day, they, you know, about two hours before line out, they turned it off. It's a two-day tournament, so I thought they were going to put it back up the next day. And there were, we were, were, a few of us were chatting on the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League um, Facebook page about, you know, wanting to see um, uh, the live leaderboard. Um, first of all, I have the huge amount of respect for the tournament director, Christopher Morales, Chris Morales. Um, great tournament angler. It's his decision at the end of the day to kind of have... Um, shut off the leaderboard um, halfway through day one and completely in day two. Um, I get the reasons. Andrew Jacobson made some great points on that uh, thread that was going on. I completely get why Christopher Morales is doing what he's doing. Um, he also, you know, he protects the integrity of the sport and wants it to be fair, want, don't, doesn't want other anglers to know where other people are fishing. So he's focused on the anglers that are taking part in the tournament. He's looking at it through that perspective, which I totally agree with him from a tournament director standpoint. My thought on it as a spectator of the sport and somebody who's trying to grow the kayak fishing community and grow the sport, I like to keep tabs on what's going on. I understand the last two hours, 
line off, keep some excitement for, you know, the presentation award. That I agree with, but I would have liked it to see at least the first six hours of an eight-hour tournament that you can follow along. Um, I got a lot of friends from that tournament, and I want to share them on. And, uh, you know, I'm not particularly rooting for anyone in particular, but just, you know, being a fan of the sport and some of the guys that are out there. Um, it was kind of sad not be able to do that. Uh, on the other side of it, as a podcaster, I try to do my best to promote Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League as well as any other local and national tournament. I feel that's my responsibility as a podcaster. So if I'm constantly watching the leaderboard, I get more insight of what's going on, who's leading, who's catching the big bass, what time they're catching. I take notes on that. And that way, when I bring like somebody like Jeff onto the show, I have more insight than I can talk to. So in that aspect, I was kind of disappointed that the leaderboard was turned off um, for most of day one and completely by day two. But again, that's just my personal opinion on it. Uh, I know that this is not a spectator sport, but at the same time, I think in order to get this sport to the next level as far as tournament winnings and all that, there has to be, it has to become somewhat of a spectator sport. You got um, sports like cornhole. Um, what's that other sport from Canada that's super boring, but for some reason gets a lot of views on ESPN or ESPN2 or whatever other streaming services there are? Um, forgot that name. It's curling? It's the one with the it's ice and the little brush and some round stones. You all know which one I'm talking about. If those sports that are not exciting at all can be live stream on cable TV or a streaming channel, I don't see why kayak fishing can't reach that level eventually. I know it's a little different with the logistics of having a camera be live stream and following somebody or having it on the back of the kayak. I think eventually technology will 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 merge with what we want. And I think eventually it'll be like a live stream sport. But we have to start thinking about it that way. The more people get to see the leaderboard, um, the more... Uh, um, views you get on it the more buzz it creates and the the sport gets to grow more but that's just my 10 cents on it again i total respect for chris morales and i completely understand the reasoning behind it um and from if i was a tournament director i probably completely agree with him as well so anyways i've gone on for quite enough and i have jeff here in the green room just waiting so we're going to go to a quick waypoints commercial. Before that, big thank you to my sponsor. Go to douglasoutdoors.com. Check out the full lineup of LRX, X Matrix, and award winning fly fishing rods. So go check them out. We'll be right back. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. 
If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovis.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hunting boots are a critical component of any successful hunt. Whether walking a short distance to your blind or trudging miles through rugged terrain, your feet are carrying the load. Without the right boots, you could give up early and lose out on that trophy just over the ridge. At Midway USA, we make selecting boots for your next hunt easier. With just a few clicks of a mouse, you can decide on what's important, like waterproofing, insulation, size, width, and savings. For just about everything for shooting, hunting, and the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Mr. Jeff, Jeff, yes. before I continue, <laughs> I, I used Isham. To, you got it right. Yeah, you got it the second time you got it right. Isham. Right. Yes. Because I used to call you Isham, and then yeah. I realized somebody corrected me. No, it's Isham. So I yeah. apologize, man. I, I joked with uh, Chris Morales at the beginning of the season, I, or at the beginning of the first season, I just want to win enough to where you know how to say my last name. <laughs> For Chris? No, yeah. sir. Yeah. <laughs> Chris, Chris is a great. Great tournament director. I have a oh, lot yeah. of respect for him, man. Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations, man. Angler of the Year in a loaded, loaded trail, Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League. How do you feel? Uh feel good, man. It's uh I went in, it was actually a, a kind of like I guess a goal that I had set for the year. Um I actually won the first Angler of the Year when Southeast Texas first started. Really? And so I mean I I guess you know we're they're transitioning into Texas Kayak Bass League. Yep. So this was officially the last season of actually Southeast Texas. So I won the first one and I really wanted to win the, the last one. So you, was, you bookended it, a, it. Yeah, it was a go wide set, but uh, man, it was not certain until the very end. I mean, up until the time Chris Delgado uh, announced it, I, I honestly didn't didn't know if I had if I had it or not. Yeah, that last tournament, uh, the classic two day tournament at Lake Fork. I feel bad for you guys because I, I thought, you know, I'm thinking this is going to be crazy number. Somebody's going to win like 104 in uh, 103 second place, 102 third place. Yeah. You know, there's going to be tons of bass. But, um, man, Lake Fork can be tough on summers, I'm sure. Oh, you know. yeah. And yeah. that's one of your favorite lakes, right? Yeah, I, I enjoy it. I mean, it's – I mean, I think everybody's fish fork more than once knows. I mean, it can be your best friend, your worst enemy. It's yeah, it's very unpredictable, but, you know, it – yeah, uh, when it's good, it's good, but when it's tough, it's really tough. Yeah, I agree. So you, how? Well, let me ask you this: When was the first year for the Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League? Uh, don't ask me numbers. Um, I believe it was I'm trying to see if I can see over here on the wall. I, I want to say it was nineteen. I, I can't see it from here. Twenty nineteen. I, I believe that was correct. Right, so it's been a few years. Are uh, you excited about what they have going on next season? Oh yeah, yeah. It's a uh, you know I I really enjoy the lakes that we fished in Southeast Texas. Uh, I mean, as an angler, I mean I like to challenge myself, so I think it's it's going to be really interesting because I'm going to have to get out and fish lakes that I'm not necessarily comfortable fishing. But uh, I mean that's how you get better. So um, I'm excited about it. It's, I think it's it's a good move. Um, uh, Going to get out and fish some more uh, Central Texas lakes, and uh, it, it'll be a fun season. Yeah, I think I saw a part of, the, or kind of like what their schedule is going to look like. I think they have like nine events, nine drills next year, right? Yeah, and I, I'm not the person to ask about it necessarily, but um, 
there's some way that it's kind of divided up into regions still. Like you don't have to fish every one of the events to be a contender, like for angler of the year, but you have, there's a certain number of events you have to fish outside of your area um, to do that. And I, I honestly, I'll probably, unless something comes up, I'll, I'm going to probably end up fishing every one of the events. Nice, man. That's awesome. And, and again, congratulations. How do you feel about Christopher Delgado winning, uh, did, is it, is Jerry, so, is that your family? Is that your dad? Yeah. Or so, uh, let's see, three years ago now, uh, Chris and Chris, the Chris's actually surprised me at, um, the classic one year and they came up with an award that's actually named after my dad, who's Jerry Isham. And, uh, my dad died when I was, I think I was six or seven, but their point was it's, you know, it, it's an award to give somebody and it, it focuses on how somebody um, can have a positive impact on somebody, whether it's for, you know, just a few years that can last a lifetime. So it's kind of, you know, our, the way um, we have of giving back to people in the trail who've gone out of their way to help other anglers. Um, and I mean, like you, you said in the intro, I mean, it, <laughs> Chris Delgado, I mean, he's the embodiment of what that award means. I mean, they do just yeah. goes way above and beyond what, you know, anybody would ever ask anybody to do, but he's happy to do it and has uh, probably helped, you know, more people in that trail than, than anybody. Yeah, no, Christopher Legal, um well-deserved. And, again, a huge shout-out to Chris Morales for coming up. I've never seen uh, another trail do that, and I encourage anybody, any tournament directors, you know, to consider doing something like that. That that means a lot. Uh, yeah. Uh, in Southeast Texas, that's why they call it the Alphabet Crew. The Alphabet <laughs> Crew. We're going to have to get a new nickname for the new trail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the Alphabet Crew, I mean, it's the com there's so many good things about it. First of all, Chris Morales, like I said, is great tournament director. The body of waters that they, it's always on the list. It's like, you know, it's like bass heaven. It's, yeah. I, I can never find something to complain about that trail, even though I don't currently fish it that much because of its like every tournament's every trail is like four or five hours away from me so that's yeah. means airbnb and all the expenses so be being right. that far away from those tournament from those trails doesn't make sense financially but uh, i mean the lakes they pick the time of the year they pick them um the the camaraderie you know it's you know that christopher delgado effect extends to pretty much everybody in that Absolutely. trail. Absolutely, yeah. I remember on the first year at the, well, though the first trail this year, I meant to say, at the Hobie BOS was in Toledo Bend, and you guys had your own little space. You know, the Alphabet Crew was <laughs> there showing on strong and the camaraderie and yeah. the loudest bunch, but the 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 most enjoyable bunch out there, definitely. Um, and you can tell there was that genuine you know again camaraderie between each one of you so it's it's yeah. beautiful to see and, and i'm sure it makes it even more enjoyable to fish a tournament like that oh yeah and we have i mean there's guys that'll straight up tell you i mean that if it wasn't for the camaraderie they have they wouldn't show up i mean they you know all the guys obviously enjoy fishing but you know a lot of them show up just because you know they just want to hang out and you know hang out with their buddies and have a good time and and do a little fishing and and uh there's i mean there's room for everybody in that group there's you know people that from all walks of life and, you know, and we all get along, everybody, uh, you know, is 
happy to hang out with each other and it's it's a good time every time we get together yeah you can tell let me ask you this so i said mentioned in the intro before we dive in into your season i mentioned in the intro about the line i mean the um, leaderboard turned off as a competitor do you like that or you you know would you rather have the you know just kind of like shut it off at the last hour or or do you want to just shut off the whole day (laughs) i think i think that all depends on how you're fishing yeah um i mean to me, and uh, I mean, I, I, I tell people a lot. I, I believe fishing is eighty percent mental. Yeah. Um, you have to stay in that good headspace if you're going to do well in a tournament. Um, so, I mean, if you're doing well in a tournament and you see your name way up there, I mean, I think it's helpful. If you're struggling, um, you know, it it puts a lot of pressure on you. Um, I try not. To, I don't look at the leaderboard a whole lot. Um, a lot of times, I look at it real quick. If I upload a fish, just to you know, kind of make sure everything went through and. Um, you know, it updated the, the submission or whatever. Um, but I mean, I get it. Um, I mean, especially cause we had a really close race for anger of the year, had a close race, you know, everybody from day one going into day two, just of the classic. And, um, I mean, I, I, I get it cause you don't, you know, there's a lot of people that can figure out where you're fishing and if they yep. see you doing really well, you know, you don't want them coming in, you know, wrecking your spot or I'm mean, not wrecking it, but you know, just come in trying to to get a few fish out of it. Uh, so, I mean, I get it um, from an angler's perspective. Uh, I mean, honestly, I don't, it doesn't matter to me either way. Uh, like I said, if you're doing really good, it's kind of nice to know you have a little bit of cushion, but um, you know, by the same token, it, it also, you know, if, if you don't know, you're, you're going to probably, even if you think you're doing well, you're going to fish even harder. Cause you, you know, if, if you think you're doing well, you want to make sure you keep that, that lead. Yeah, that's that's a good point because I think, um, like you mentioned, it, it it really depends on how you're doing and you know yeah. what your mindset is. Somebody may just say, you know, I get fired up just looking at this leaderboard, and others might say, you know, I I rather not look at it, the leaderboard. Yeah. I think one thing that is um, good about it, it's kind of like takes the whole uh, sandbagging <laughs> yeah. strategy out of it because nobody yeah. can see it anyway. So. Right. Yeah, um, and it, it's also a little bit different on Fort because, I mean, I haven't looked to see, like, percentage-wise, but, I mean, there was some really big fish caught. So, I mean, even if you're, you know, if you're 10 inches behind, I mean, you have a 14-inch fish, you catch a 24, which there was one caught out there. I mean, that that puts you right back in it. So, um, I mean, Fort can go up and down by, you know, one fish. Um, you know, I, I don't know how many fish there were over 20 inches caught percentage-wise, because I think you touched on it earlier, that actually for 54 entrance uh, entries, there weren't a whole lot of fish caught per person. No, but I feel like for the quali- a two day, yeah, yeah, and for the quality of fish, I mean, I think it it was up there. It was like 55 anglers and 208 fish caught on a two day tournament, which I thought is like, yeah, yeah. that's yeah, that's I don't not think good at all. <laughs> it tells you if does it tell you what the total inches caught was? I was just kind of no, just okay. how many fish were caught, and I don't know if that counts the cold fish like for example you on the second day you had um yeah i think i had six fish six right i called and steven fisher had nine so i'm not sure if it's just the that it only counts your top five uh for the day or if it counts it says fish caught so i'm assuming it counts all of them so yeah yeah it was a it was definitely a tough bite over there at the lake fork i feel bad for for yeah. you all out there, I was uh, 
I was really thinking there was going to be like obscenely big numbers considering the what that lake can hold and the talent that's fishing the yeah. lake. Um, but let's go over your your season, man. You you we started off with I think it's Fayetteville. Is was the I keep calling Fayetteville. It's Fayette. Yeah. That was the first tournament, right? Yeah. Fayette. Fayette. I'm sorry, Fayette. Yeah. I mean, that's I don't know. That's how I'm pronouncing. Everybody's got their way, but yeah, yeah. Fayette County, I think, is actually what it's called. And how was how did the tournament shaped up for you from beginning to end? What was your some of your best performances and was some of your uh, non best performances at, at Fayette or just overall? Um, overall, okay. Uh, best would have to be. Uh, well, I mean, technically, I guess I fished finished higher in the classic. Um, but the next one would probably, well, it would be Toledo Bend, which is, uh, you know, I think you said you fished that one, right? Yeah, I fished that yeah. one. I caught one fish, uh, but I don't know why I never, I don't think I uploaded. Maybe I uploaded it to the wrong one. Yeah. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's the one we also, I mean, kind of had in conjunction with the, yeah the Hobie event. Um, so I believe I ended up finishing third for the Southeast Texas and, I think it was six in the Hobie uh, event. So uh, that, was, that was a that was my best. Other than I, I fished finished fifth in this classic that we had last weekend. So, so you got uh, how many uh, trails count for the angle of the year points? Um, I believe we have one drop. So you're just, whatever your worst uh, worst tournament was is a drop. And how many? Um... How many uh, trails do they have this year? Uh, do you remember? I don't. Let me see if I can find out here while I, I mean, got you there. Yeah, I can. Fayette, I mean, Toledo, that's two. Choke, three. Uh, Nagadoshes. Mm-hmm. Did I get that one right? Four. Yeah. Uh, Sabine, five. Conroe, six. So six trails from what okay. it looks like. Yeah. And then the, the classic, which was... Right. Uh, um, so that's seventh in total. So, yeah. so your your top before you qualify. So you five, and then the first five count, or your top five count, and top then five, the, right. and then the classic. Well, that's uh, including the classic, right? Yeah, you get um, yeah. There's AOI points that go in, in for the classic as well. Oh, okay. So it's so it's five total or five plus the classic. Um, was there six total including the classic? Yes. Okay. So it I was, so. yeah. So it was, uh, no, seven with including the classic. Okay. My bad. All right. Yeah. So there's one, one drop. And I, I don't know that that's, I don't know how that would work. I don't know if you can drop the classic or not. That's, that's a, interesting. Yeah. That's, that's a, a Chris, that's a Chris or Chris question. So I'm not, <laughs> I'm not sure what the answer to that is. I need to get Chris on the, uh, now that the season's over. And I think he still has the Texas kayak bass league at, um, uh, in October for Lockwood. Oh, well, that's a charity tournament from what it looks like, but I'm assuming he's right. running that tournament. Um, yeah. Uh, so after that. It will be on Fayette as well. Yeah. So and that's a, a entry of a presence for uh, kids. So. Oh, nice. They, they run that through a charity that gets kids uh, gifts. who wouldn't, wouldn't get it another way. So that's a awesome. Good deal if anybody wants to come out and help support that. That's awesome. And again, shout out to Chris for, He's always kind of like thinking outside the box when it comes to a tournament director, pre- keeping it exciting uh, and engaged for everyone. Uh, so big shout out 
against Southeast Texas Kayak Bass League, one of the best trails, I think, in my mind, local trails. Definitely one of the best local trails. No disrespect to Duke Trine and everybody who also does an amazing job and uh, West Texas Kayak uh, Trail as well. But, uh, yeah, definitely. So how do you feel, like, now that you've won it? Which one is more, for you, I guess, memorable? The first one or this one? Um. Man, that's hard. Oh, before I forget, I gotta I gotta show this because if I don't, oh, I'll get oh yeah, they'll, they'll probably come take it back. Because um, that's I think that's one of our requirements. If you win a belt or the necklace or something like that, you got to be obnoxious with it. So there we go. Yeah, uh, Andrew was obnoxious last year. <laughs> yeah, he, he, he uh, I got some big shoes to fill because he he did it right last year. So oh yeah, he uh, was. I, I got to make a showing like like he did. He and was all about the flex. He's a great guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, man, I, I don't know. I, w I would actually, I, that's a good question. I would say probably the first one. Um, and I say that because I actually won the AOI and the Classic both that year. Oh, nice. Uh, so that was that was pretty special. And that was, uh, now that I look back at it, it's it's it was very similar. So the first one was on Livingston, which, I mean, it's not necessarily known as a great bass lake. I mean, it's great white bass, but... Um, I think I went down there and pre-fished two days prior, and I don't think I ever caught a bass, um, and then ended up launching at some little ramp that was near a house we were staying at, and got on them, uh, and then same way with Fork this time, I went down pre-fished for two days, and I think I had one 14-inch bass in, in two days, um, so it was <laughs> it was a tough bite, but it's weird thinking back now. I hadn't thought about that how similar the the two events were as far as like the pre fish. But what um, what do you think of all the trails you've won? What do you think is the most memorable one? Uh, I mean, I'm gonna have to say Southeast Texas. I mean, that's you know, I'm, most of my you know close friends are actually in that trail. Um, I made some great friendships in there. Um, I'm not saying, I, I mean, I'm, I man, that's hard to say because I've made friends in a lot of them, but, um, I think it's just, I tend to be really close with some of the guys in Southeast Texas because that's probably the main trail that I focus on. And I usually do, you know, every event that they have. So I'm just, you know, I'm, I'm around those guys. Uh, you know, there's a lot of guys in Hobie that I hang out with when I fish Hobie events and, uh, they're great friends. I just, I don't get the chance to see them as often as I do as some of the guys in Southeast Texas. Speaking of the Hobie events, you've had pretty good season this year. Did you qualify for the TLC by the points? No, um, really? No, and I man, I went to Dardanelle hoping to do that, and I man, I had a horrible showing at Dardanelle. Arkansas did not like me at all. It was tough. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was real tough, especially Sunday for me. Yeah. So yeah, I, I didn't. I mean, unless some miracle happens, and there's, you know, just some unbelievable amount of people who don't go and it rolls all down that far but um i mean i had a shot going in i just i had a really poor poor showing there at dardanelle you had how many hobie events did you fish this year uh three three okay so you got yeah. but broken bow was the other one mm -hmm. yeah like kind of same thing as me broken board uh toledo and dardanelle right yeah exactly how I, do you, I mean, I, go ahead uh, I was uh, broken bow. Actually, did fairly well. Um, so that that's kind of how um, 
I mean, I ended up, I, I don't know that I necessarily would have gone to Dardanelle if I didn't have those two good tournaments. Um, I mean, I, I enjoyed it and I like going and seeing new places. I just, I had a lot going on. I mean, that was right in between. So I fished the Northeast Texas Classic on uh, Caddo the week before Dardanelle, then went the next weekend to Dardanelle, and then the next weekend was the Southeast Texas at, at Fork. So, it, I mean, there was a lot going on, and I probably wouldn't have made the trip to Arkansas had I not had a shot at um, qualifying. What place did you end up in uh, Broken Bull? Because you had like third, like sixth place on on Toledo, right? Which is yeah. pretty good. Yeah, I, man, I honestly don't know. I'd have I'll to go back and look. <laughs> I'll look at it. But I, I should have done some, made some notes, I guess, before. Well, I wasn't, you know, I didn't give you a heads up that I was going to ask you about the Hobie BOS, but yeah. now they brought it up. I, for a moment there, I thought you've uh, qualified no. for the Hobie uh, BOS. Yeah, I wish I would have. Because, yeah, like I said, I fished Caddo, I guess, three weeks ago and, and did pretty good on Caddo. So I was, yeah, I was hoping I could get qualified and, Go out there for the the Hobie. How did it go in Cato, by the way, for the classic? Uh, it was good. I uh, I think I got fourth in that one. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah. How many anglers were there? Uh, I think I don't. I think they had twenty five, something like that. Twenty five. That's not bad at all. Yeah. Uh, and that was the Northeast Texas. That's the one uh, Duke Tran runs. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. No. No, that's I think not. It is Northeast Northeast Texas. It was a lot of the guys that uh, from the original East Texas Trail. So it was Dwayne Taft, Jamie Broad, uh, Stephen Fisher, uh, a lot of those guys. Christopher Delgado. Now, um, now that I'm looking, trying to find your name, Christopher Delgado actually pretty good on mm -hmm. on Broken Bull, which is interesting because he almost didn't get to fish it. Remember? Oh yeah, was, yeah. They, they dropped him or something. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to find your name. Oh, there you go. Number 38, which is not bad. So you needed yeah. something like a top 20 finish or something like that, I think, to qualify. Yeah, I think so. That sounds about right. Yeah, to qualify, but... Yeah, I definitely didn't do that. 161 was your total on, on to, um, Broken Boy. I keep saying Toledo Bend. Rolando Dean just right there. You A lot of the Southeast Texas... Uh, crew was kind of bunched up. You got to lead, you got you and Rolando Nandine right above you, and then Brian Howe just a little bit further up. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, Christopher the Gallo just even a little bit further up. Yeah, Christopher the Gallo had a great tournament. Glad, good for him. Yeah, so I know he, we were there, and he was like, I don't know if I'm gonna fish it, <laughs> they dropped me <laughs> or something. Uh, but glad he got to fish it, it was oh, well, yeah. well worth it for him. Yeah, yeah, that was it. Just fun. outside I mean, of the money. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I enjoyed that. I, that's the first time I'd ever been to that lake. And um, I, I, I definitely want to go back. That was a that was a good time. Yeah. To me, a broken boy. And I'll ask, did you got to pre-fish it? Um, I went up there. I think I generally, if I go to something like that, especially if I've never been, I try to go up and get a Thursday, Friday. And yeah. I believe that's what I did on that. We got there late, late Wednesday Same and here. was able to get on the water Thursday and Friday for a little bit. So let me ask you about how pre-fishing went because that was an interesting one for me because my best uh, finish so far in a Hobie BOS was the last tournament. I finished 22nd. Pre-fishing was horrible for me, but it kind of worked out, especially on day one. Broken Bowl was 
the opposite. Broken bowl, pre-fishing both day Thursday and Friday. And I'll ask us how it went for you because I know a lot of people told me the same thing. That was the best pre-fishing I've ever had. Like I was catching everything on anything. Like it doesn't matter what area I was throwing or what I was throwing. It was just biting on anything, which was kind of like hard to say, well, I'll go with a chatterbait or I'll go with a topwater or I'll go with a nebri because they, they were biting on everything. Yeah. <laughs> Couldn't single anything out. Then tournament time comes and I'm riding high. I'm thinking, you know, I'm going to catch 10 fish. No doubt about it. Judging by pre-fishing, I'm catching 15 uh, fish on pre-fishing on day one, on the Thursday, 15 fish on Friday, I'm thinking I'll definitely catch five fish on Saturday and did not catch. I ended up with three. How did pre-fishing went for you on that tournament? Um, so I pre-fished the first day um, in the area that I actually ended up fishing both days of the tournament. Uh, second day of pre-fish, I went to a different spot. Just, I mean, because like you said, I mean, the bite was just so good. Yeah. Um, I wanted to check and see, okay, did I really find a good spot or is it just, is it all good? Um and I caught probably more fish the second day, um, and it was further south on the lake. Um, and actually caught a pretty decent smallmouth. Um, but other than that smallmouth, I think that was actually the biggest one I caught for the day. I, numbers were up, but the size wasn't as good. Yeah. So I figured to be competitive, I needed to to be in bigger fish. And so went back up further north uh, on day or you know both days, and was able to figure them out, was able to get on some, some bigger fish. And I mean, a lot of times I, I try to, when I'm pre-fishing, I mean, I guess everybody does this. I don't know. I try to cover a lot of water, throw a lot of different stuff and, you know, uh, try to narrow it down a lot so that come tournament day, you know, I can kind of key in and focus on, on, you know, covering water more thoroughly and, and stuff like that. So that, that's kind of how that one worked out. Yeah, and I just just hearing you talk right now, I just now realized that we on Thursday we were hanging out um, after pre-fishing right there at the beach where we launched at. It was uh, the Bacas, um, yeah, yeah, uh, Wesley, yeah. Um, Mark Pendergraf. Your wife was there as girlfriend. well. Yeah, your girlfriend. Yeah. I'm sorry, your girlfriend was there <laughs> as well. So uh, yeah, I for completely forgot about that. Yeah, that area that we pre-fished was just phenomenal yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like same thing you said it was a bunch of fish measurable but not really something that was gonna get you either big bass or probably in the money yeah but yeah definitely and how was pre-fishing for darnell for you uh kind of like the tournament it, it was yeah. rough it was yeah. rough yeah um yeah i just man i caught a a ton of fish they were just i mean i was at one point, I mean, I was downsizing, thinking, okay, if I can just get the numbers, you know, surely I'll get something over 12 inches. And I don't think I've ever caught that many, probably eight to 12 inch fish in my life. It was, <laughs> I was throwing a little tiny buzz bait at one point and the bass I caught on, it couldn't have been bigger than this buzz bait was. I mean, it was, there were so many small fish in, in the area I was in, but, um, I don't know. It was, it was just frustrating. I think Daniel Glenny was who were who were rooming together with Rolando Landini said the same thing. It was just like tiny fish. Yeah. Um, but uh, th your thoughts on watching uh, Jackson Rambanis? Rambanis. I keep screwing. I'm horrible with last names. Uh, 15 year old who won the tournament. Yeah. Oh, that, I mean, I I think that's awesome. I mean, yeah. 
And what a great story. I mean, your dad has to drop you off at the ramp because you don't even have a driver's license yet. I mean, that's... <laughs> it's, I mean, First time fishing out of a kayak? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you can't write a better story than that. That's, that's pretty cool. Yeah. And to me, it's one of those where, like, I was sitting in second place just above Jackson um, after day one. Then I was hanging out at Fred's house, and I had a chance to meet Jackson in person. Oh, nice. And... Um, a beautiful house that whole man cave is amazing that's that man cave is a tackle store slash boat retail <laughs> that's awesome that is amazing but i was talking to jackson and i was you know i was sitting in second place he was sitting sitting in third but i just managed five bites you know that's all i could manage yeah um and i Stop fishing like 45 minutes prior to lines out because when I saw the leaderboard, I'm like, there's no point of sore lipping anything here. But then I'm talking to him and he's catching. He's telling me day one he caught 27 fish. Mm -hmm. I'm like, that's when I thought, oh, good Lord, this kid is probably going to win it. Yeah. Because when you do the math, if, if I'm struggling to catch five fish and this kid is catching 30 fish a day, guess who's <laughs> the when you measure the top 10 fish, guess who's going <laughs> to probably. If you look at averages, going to end up with a bigger ten fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, when I heard that, I'm like, "Good lord, this is yeah. kind of humbling." <laughs> Listen, yeah. to this kid saying he caught thirty fish. So a buddy of mine, uh, Jared Brockelman, I'm, you probably know him. Yeah. Um, it, uh, we actually roomed together when we were up there, and uh, he was telling me that he they kind of fished the same general area, and he said he was watching him fish for a while, and he said this, I mean, the kid is what he's doing out there is, I mean. You know, not what you would expect a fifteen-year-old kid. I mean, he's got it, got it down. I mean, he's he's not. He didn't just luck into that that win. He he's got a lot of knowledge for somebody. His, I mean, for somebody four, three times his age. But you know, especially for for his age. Yeah, it is, and again, it's one of those things. Uh, and I mentioned it on on a podcast I did two weeks ago, which was kind of like my re. Um, uh, review of my you know my uh performance on lake darnell and i'm super excited for the kid you know i'm rooting for the kid yeah. to win the toc and continue on on you know to show everybody that it's just not luck that he actually is that talented yeah. and then part of me is a competitor it's like i just got beaten by a kid <laughs> right. who never fished out of a kayak before yeah. so it's like a bittersweet right <laughs> yeah you can't help but think that yeah, it was cool though i mean our girlfriend was up there and she was watching it and she was She's like, oh, that's so cool. I can't believe he's he's doing so well. That's awesome. And said, if you don't win, I want him to win. Yeah. <laughs> it's one of those things where I would have – my goal was to uh, fish, uh, finish in the top three to get to the TLC. Mm -hmm. And that's one of the things like, man, I've if you would have asked me what I would have wanted the result, just knowing that that, that event you know, open the eyes to this kid, you know, yeah. and just actually having him on my podcast and talking about the win. I was like, I'm happy for him. If I would have said, I would have rather qualified for the TOC and then just, just below him. Like, I don't mind watching that kid win, especially when yeah. I get to listen to him firsthand, talk about how much it means to him. And also the publicity that, you know, we're getting, some of the, you know, the uh, MLF guys um, and Bass Pro Elites and other podcasts like uh, Low Budget Live with Luke Duncan talking about, you know, uh, yeah. Jackson's performance. Of course, he's the son of the, uh, Fred Rambon Rambanis. Um, 
So that part, I appreciate that the exposure just by him winning. Now, right. you know, a lot of like the both side of things are kind of getting hearing about this tournament and yeah. getting people more involved in at least listening and watching yeah, uh, the tournament. Sure. So that's good. That's yeah. always good. Awesome stuff. Let me ask you this, though. The first time that I had you on the podcast, you came eighth at the Hobie BOS, the infamous now, 2019 Hobie BOS at Lake Fork. You were telling me that one of the things that um, you or your go-to bait has always been the Texas rig. From that point, from there to now, has your fishing evolved in any way or are you still like really... Just like Texas rig, do or die. Uh, pretty much Texas rig, do or die. I think I caught. See, I submitted, well, six fish day five, three on day one. So that was nine fish. I caught eight of them on a Texas rig worm. And just when, so you, when you do Texas rig, it's just how much percentage would you say it's a worm and how much is it a craw or a creature bait or is it always a worm? Uh, 95, at least percent worm. Really? And, 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 and 90%, uh, a zoom old monster. I mean, that's anybody that's ever fished with me. And they, they kind of tease me sometimes. They're like, man, that's all Jeff ever throws. And, but yeah, I, I, you know, I, that's not true. But I mean, I'll, so I always have that rigged up, you know, and I'll, I'll usually throw a jack camera, um, you know, something like that. But yeah, I just, I, let, I mean, that's what I grew up fishing. That's um, what I used to fish when I was a kid for bass. And I just love it. And that's, I mean, if you look back on some of the tournaments that I've done well in, it's usually the tournaments that play to my, you know, what I consider my strength. And that's, you know, fishing like standing timber with a big worm. I mean, I just, I can do that all day long. I love it. Do you like to use a, I'm assuming a ribbon tail worm or just a straight worm? Mm -hmm. Yeah, this is so the, the old monster, if you're unfamiliar, it's just a 10 and a half inch worm. Um, and I would say the uh, back 50% of it's a ribbon tail. Oh, yeah. I think I have a couple of those. Those are a good one. Yeah. That's the zoom one you said, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 So I the ribbon tail worm that I got is the, is the same pattern of the brush hog that they discontinued the col the pat or the color, which is the South African fiesta or something like that. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kind of African black and red and yeah, a real dark color. Yeah. Yes. So they used to have that color in the brush hog, but they discontinued two years ago. So I was like, damn it. So I switched over to the ribbon tail worm that has that same color pattern, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, one of my favorite ones. Yeah. Definitely. So what were you, if, if you, do you care to show, you know, throw a little bit of the juice of what you did on Forgood? You want to keep that a secret? No, I mean, I don't, I mean, that's pretty much what I did. So, um, so it's, if anybody hadn't been to Fork and I'm not sure when they dropped the water, but um, like in the past year, I guess. So it was, I believe eight foot low at one point. Um, so I actually went out and pre-fished a month prior to the classic. We had, we have a 30 day off limits period. So I went yeah. towards, I don't think it was the last day, but a couple of days before the cutoff. Um, and that was the first time I'd been out there since the water dropped. So, I mean, I've fished it a few, several times before. So I've got spots that, you know, I can feel like I can use to go and catch fish, but most of the spots that I, 
you know, fish in the past didn't have, hadn't, didn't have water in it. Um, which was interesting because, you know, you can go in there and you can see, okay, yeah, it makes sense now. I'll see why I was catching them there. You know, it was yeah. a big lay down that, you know, it's different. I mean, you can see that stuff on side scan or whatever too, but seeing it in real life, it, I mean, it, it makes a lot more sense. Um, or, you know, yeah, there's a ditch right there. So I can see why I was, I've caught fish there in the past. Um, so actually where I fished or, I mean, I pre-fished several different spots, but where I ended up fishing, uh, for the classic was a, an area I'd never fished before. I've never even seen it before. Oh, really? Yeah. But was that more like south? I mean, do you care to, do you want to tell what area or no? Um, nope. I guess it's, no, I'm just, I'm trying to think about lazy eyes. It's probably like mid lake, I guess. Um, yeah, it's, yeah. So normally I fish more up north. Like I, I was joking with somebody. I'd, I'd never seen the dam at Lake Fork. I mean, I don't know how many times I've been there. I'd never seen the, the, I mean, never seen the dam. Um, cause I just, I've never fished the south end of the lake. Um, I did pre-fish there, uh, one, I don't think I spent a whole day there, but a half a day. Um, and just, I mean, wasn't impressed. Uh, but it, I mean, it's really hard, especially if you've never been there, it's hard to break it down right now because everything looks the same. I mean, yeah. standing timber, it's just hard to describe how much standing timber there is everywhere you see. Um, and so, you know, I can prefish. I just, I covered a lot of water and I found some areas that seemed like they were holding more fish. Um, and that looking back, that was probably where I messed up on day one. I was still trying to cover a lot of water cause I kind of thought that's what I needed to do. Um, and day two, I actually slowed down and keyed in on, on some areas. And so when I, when I fish prefish, whatever it is, anytime I catch a fish, you know, I, uh, you know, drop a waypoint there yeah and it's cool to look back because you don't really necessarily notice it when you're out there fishing but when you look at it later you can see you know okay man i got a lot of waypoints set right here so you can kind of narrow it down and uh that's I, what i did on day two is i found an area that that i had uh you know when i was going through there during practice and during day one i dropped several waypoints and ended up seeing you know some of them kind of clustered up more um instead of spread out all over and kind of slowed down and keyed in on, on that area and, and did a lot better. Yeah. It seems like talking to some of the anglers that fished that, that uh, tournament, it was like slow and steady was like the ticket, like nothing, you know, nothing that no power, more like finesse fishing, not yeah. power fishing. Is that what, it, how it worked out for you? Yeah. Cause it, yeah, like I said, and especially when I pre-fish them out, I like throwing a, uh you know a jackhammer um just because you can cover so much water and it's, yeah. it's you know even though it's been around for a while now it's still i mean it's super effective yeah. um especially covering a lot of water fast um i did not catch a single fish on a jackhammer during pre-fish um I, I take that back actually i caught a 12 and a quarter inch gizzard shad camera <laughs> so foul yeah. hooked it or what yeah i mean right through the back right under the dorsal fin and then it went straight through his back um it was weird because reeling it in i mean it still got its you know full range of motion because his hook is in his back and it's like darting back and forth i'm like what in the world is this thing and yeah i, I don't think i'd ever i mean i've seen him getting chased before Mm -hmm. You know, but, you know, they're there, but to actually see one, I, I mean, I put it on my catch board and everything because I wanted to see how big it was, but it's, uh, man, it, it's just, it's 
kind of amazing to think that there's bass that are actually out there feeding on those things. Yeah, that's why. (laughs) Gizzard shad, 12-inch gizzard shad. you imagine bass that's eating that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when I went the month prior, I mean, I'd caught some fish on on moving baits, like, you know, I was throwing a jackhammer. I caught some on plastics, too, obviously, but um, I was actually throwing a six-inch swim bait and catching them, but I just, I couldn't get anything on a moving bait uh, this past weekend. Yeah, I think uh, from the anglers that I talked to kind of said the same thing. And I feel bad because I know some of them were like pre-fishing, same thing that you you said, like pre-fished a month prior. I think yeah. August 28th, I think, was the um, off-limit time started, um, something around that. But they pre-fished it in mid-August, and they were telling me, oh, yeah, crankbait is the ticket. You know, I'm catching them 20, 22 inches on, on crankbait, and then – it kind of sucks when now you're thinking, well, temperatures are cooling off. We got some rain. So now, you know, the the crankbait bite, jackhammer bite is going to be even better. Yeah. And it turns out it was, for whatever reason, um, just the opposite, which yeah. kind of doesn't make sense. I mean, I'm sure people smarter than me would make sense of why that is. It just it doesn't. And I don't think it makes sense for a lot of anglers, just judging by the results. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, not the bite. I, I thought it would have been that time of year, but you know, like I said, I mean, I'll, I'll drag a worm any time of year and I feel like that's always an effective technique, but I mean, if you can cover more water and I mean, it's fun just to throw that jackhammer out there and feel that <laughs> when it loads up on it. But yeah, yeah, definitely wasn't much of that over the weekend. One thing about, and not just jackhammers, but chatterbaits, um, it's very addictive as an angler for me because I throw the jackhammer, right? Or again, mm-hmm. the chatterbait or a bladed jigs, just so we won't try to promote one product, although I love the jackhammer. Um, you know, you feel that vibration constantly. So you're reeling in, you feel that vibration. So it gives you confidence that, yeah. you know, you when you stop feeling vibration, uh, could be the, you got you know, grass on your blade, or you actually have a fish that just inhale your bait and it's swimming towards you. And I've one thing that I've learned from listening to Russ Snyder, another podcast and Jody Quinn is like, when they're reeling in their bladed jig and all of a sudden they don't feel that vibration, mm-hmm. just set the hook on it. A lot of times it's the, you know, the fish just grabs it and it's just swimming towards you. Yeah. It's following that bait. So it just grabs it and kept yeah. swim, swimming. Um, it why the reason why I say it becomes addictive as an angler, it's because you get used to that, you know, to that vibration. It it is kind of like soothing, just to like oh, okay, yeah. knowing that that there's you know feeling every tiny vibration on it and knowing what's going on. Versus I throw a swim bait, um, yeah. and I don't feel anything. Yeah, which is yeah. not supposed to, because unless you get a bite, there's no reason why that swim bait is gonna right vibrate or anything like that so i i to me it just becomes addictive like time like oh let me switch to a swim bait because maybe they got used to the bladed jig maybe they're you know sore lip with you know let me sell something different and i was like i throw a swim jigs i can't do it i don't feel anything like i'm feel like i'm just reeling in an empty line yeah (laughs) so yeah Yeah. i remember i I remember the first time i ever threw a jackhammer and started reeling in and felt that vibration oh it's it's like 
know, almost like getting a hand massage while you're fishing because you just feel that vibration going yes <laughs> all the way down through your you know into your hands and your arms and yeah, it's it's fun. Like I said, it, it is addictive. It is. And let me ask you this: Have you tried? I tried it. Uh, and again, I'm not sponsored by either Berkeley's or um, Zeman, but I do like to share what you know has worked for me. So on on my way to um, Lake Darnell, I stop at a shop and I'm thinking, let me get something different. Um, and I've heard this before from other anglers. They say, you know, a lot of times if people keep throwing the jackhammer, fish kind of get used to it. Um, and then they start um, just laying off of it. Yeah. I don't know the biology behind it kind of makes sense um, when you think about it. So I bought the Berkeley slobber knocker mm -hmm. and on day one of that tournament, my four biggest bites came on that Berkeley slobber knocker and they was just inhaling it. They were just like, they couldn't, they couldn't stop, you know, not biting on it. Have you tried the slobber knocker by uh, Berkeley? No. I was hoping to see if you tried it and see your. <laughs> no, I haven't. It's for so for those out there that's listening. What I recommend is again, I'm not particularly brand. If I had to choose, if you put a gun in my head and tell me to pick one, I'll probably be the Z Man because that's what I'm used to. But I would recommend is get both because that you can tell the vibration is different. Therefore, I'm thinking the noise is going to be different, right? One to the other. So they may be that they're used to just hearing that jackhammer because. Five anglers ahead of you, boat or kayak anglers, have been throwing it for the last week. Right. And now you throw one with just a little bit different vibration or a little bit different um, knock on it. It might just be what attracts them. Yeah. Well, at least doesn't scare them off. So who knows? Yeah. And I, I think there's something to that. So, I, I mean, I, I haven't tried the slobber knocker, but I did when I was in Dardanelle. Um, I was throwing a stealth blade jackhammer instead of the, the original. I hate that one. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I mean, I've caught a couple of fish on it, but I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure why I was throwing it. I, mean, I don't know. The, the same, you know, philosophy you were talking about. You know, I just think, you know, maybe because I wasn't catching good fish, I'm thinking, you know, maybe the fish are used to this one or have seen it already. So I thought there was something a little bit different. You know, I don't know. We, I think, think we tend to overanalyze yeah. our our techniques, which I mean, you know, you have to stay on top of stuff and try new stuff and all that but um i think sometimes it's just like i said you know with fishing being there's so much of it mental um i mean i think sometimes like you were saying you go and you try that new one and you're just you're expecting to catch fish on it so you do um uh, you know you fish it better because you're more confident in it or it's something new and exciting and um so i've got i actually ordered a couple baits that had just come out that weren't in stores or anything yet that i was hoping was going to be here before the classic and yeah, they showed. I left Wednesday. They showed up at my door Thursday, so I haven't even got to throw them yet. But fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations, and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. 
Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. What did you order? Uh, uh, Z-Man Hellraiser. Oh, I've been meaning to get my hands on that. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm anxious to try those. It's, man, it's one of the weirdest looking baits I've ever seen. I I don't know, man. Seaman does, Seaman, I think it's, does some great baits. Like yeah. some of them just knock it out of the ballpark, although it's not so much. But I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to try it. I haven't tried it yet, but yeah. I'm excited to try it. Let me know how it goes. I will. Yeah. <laughs> What's your next tournament? Uh, oh, the throw down. Star. Yeah, throw yeah. down. Star, throw down. Yeah. Um, Man, and then after that, I'm not I'm not really sure. Uh, it may be that uh, the Toads for Tots, the benefit. Oh, yeah. Chris Mor- uh, Morales is putting on. Definitely. And uh, next season, I know the schedules haven't come out. Um, brand new tournament director for Bass Nation Kayak Series or Bassmaster Kayak Series. I, I can't remember what they call it now. <laughs> yeah. Um, are you excited of the prospect of things being shaken up at Bassmaster? Would you be willing if they come close to fish it? Oh, yeah. Yeah, always. Like I said, I, I mean, Southeast Texas are now Texas Kayak Bass League. That's kind of my, you know, I mean, not kind of. It is my main trail. So, I, uh, you know, I'll, unless something weird happens, I won't miss one of those. But I like to, uh, you know, definitely like to get some Hobies and, you know, if, if bass, depending on their schedule. Um, yeah, I'm sure I'll make a, a handful of, of those too. Awesome. KBF, any, I know KBF, the, at least the pro series are not even coming close to Texas. I don't think. Yeah. Year. Um, I, I, man, I don't know if this was, I think this may have been the first year that I didn't, I didn't do any KBF. Yeah. They had, what well, they had Cato and that was about it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is technically Texas, I think. Yeah. 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 Depending on which area you fish, but yeah. Nice. Well, Jeff, I've had you for almost an hour. I really appreciate taking you. Oh, time. man. I've enjoyed it, man. I, oh, I think any, you your company and uh, talking time. about your, your yeah. fishing experience. Uh, good luck on the Lone Star Throwdown. I hope to see you in second place if I'm in first place. If not, <laughs> you get first place. Yeah, <laughs> that's going to be fun. I, I always look forward to that. And, I mean, that's probably, you know, one of the, the most most fun tournaments uh, of the year just because, you you know, you get to see guys that you don't get to see throughout the year because they yeah. fish different trails or whatever. And, it's kind of nice to have all the all the Texas guys in one one spot. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's funny because it's one of the biggest ones, but it's probably and I haven't fished it before. Let me let me clarify that. But my mindset right now, going into the first time fishing it, it's one of those where it's probably one of the biggest ones in my calendar. But it's probably the least I care about winning, just because I'm there for the camaraderie, hang yeah. out, get to see all of you guys out there, get to have fun. Uh, you know, everybody, it's kind of like a celebration of kayak fishing oh, in yeah. Texas. So yeah, if I win it, that's awesome. But I yeah. as long as I don't get skunk, I could, yeah. I wouldn't, I'm not going to say I don't care less. I'm sure once I'm on the water lines in, I'm going to be, okay, game on. Let's, let's try yeah. to win this. But for the most part, my, my attitude going through is like, I just want to have fun and, yeah. and hang out with the, the people that I know and the other half that I don't know, get to know them. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I think we're wired a lot the same. I, I am, I'm excited about it, but I'm kind of like you. I, but man, once you get out there on the water and you see everybody, like, okay, now you know it's time to go to work. I gotta, I gotta catch some fish and make a decent showing here. 
Yeah, at least not get embarrassed, right? Yeah. <laughs> well, Jeff, again, I'll give you a few minutes if you want to thank anybody you want to thank, any uh, sponsors or friends, family, it makes your life easier. Go ahead. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, sponsors, uh, Exotic High Performance Rods. Uh, I've been using their stuff for, oh gosh, probably three years now. Um, and, uh, man, I'm super happy. Uh, it's one of those things where I was fishing with decent rods before. And, but I mean, there's like, you know, you step up a little bit and it's just, it makes a big difference. Um, so, uh, them and then, uh, also exotic camo, uh, they, uh, sponsor and they were actually a big sponsor of the Southeast Texas trail this, this year. And um, they have a whole clothing line and stuff like that and hunting apparel and, uh, casual stuff it's it's really good stuff and re- really reasonable price and it's actually <laughs> their stores a mile from my house so that's kind of dangerous sometimes but um and then uh chris morales uh he has uh brake line fishing and he's the guy that makes uh all the jerseys uh keeps me incognito with my my bright serape <laughs> jersey that he, <laughs> he worked up for me um and uh z pro lithium batteries i've been using their batteries for a while now it's i mean i run uh, a 12 inch hummingbird uh 360 and a trolling motor i mean i'll run that thing all day long and i uh, never had any issues with it so i've been been real happy with their product uh mariner sales uh duke and all the guys over there uh they helped me out with a with a kayak and uh, uh i mean man the best customer service i mean yes there are guys over there i mean you can call them and say okay i have this uh, you know i bought this fish finder what do i need and they'll say okay you need a b c and d or you can do a b you know they just they know that stuff in and out um it's amazing and uh uh let's see um i like to thank my girlfriend she's very supportive it's it's nice to have somebody who who gets my obsession with, with chasing these fish in a, in a plastic boat and, uh, is encouraging about it. Um, you know, she helps a lot. She went to Dardano with me and, um, put her to work. I made her or not made her, but (laughs) she, uh, you know, backed the boat to the ramp and I just had to dump the boat out and, you know, she would go take the truck and everything. So, you know, that was, that was real helpful. And, uh, I mean, just family and friends. Uh, I mean, I grew up in a fishing family, uh, we already covered my dad. You know, he's most of my memories of my dad are, are fishing when I was a kid. Uh, after I lost my dad, my, my mom stepped in and, and, you know, her and I fished, you know, I mean, we fished to this day or once on, we don't get to fish as much as we used to, but, um, you know, she was always taking me fishing and, uh, you know, my sister fishes, my kids fish, both my daughters, you know, fished growing up. And, uh, so, you know, it's just part of who we are, I guess. Um, but yeah, I mean, the friends that I've made in here, I mean, that's, you know, I kind of touched on that when I gave the, the award to, to slim, the, the Jerry Osham sportsman award. And, um, I, I told the story, I don't know. I mean, if you saw it, but a lot of those, a lot of people listening probably didn't, didn't see it or hear the story, but, um, there was a guy that was actually had in the RV park where I was fishing or near where I was fishing. Uh, one of the residents had died. They were having a memorial service for him, literally during the tournament on day two and I'm fishing close enough where I can hear what's going on. You know, I hear him read, you know, the 23rd Psalm and everything for a ceremony and, um, I'm fishing and I hear them starting to, they're playing taps and I actually caught my biggest fish of the day during taps during that. And, 
you know, I got to thinking about these people that are they're there at this service. You know, they could care less about this fish, this long-haired guys catching out of a kayak. The important thing to them is their friend. And uh, so, you know, in the end, it's, it's you know, winning all these awards is fun. And, you know, I, I want to win as many of them as I can. But, you know, in the end, it's, you know, the people you meet and the lives that you get to yep. be a part of and, uh, you know, hopefully make better in, in some way. No, definitely. I don't think there's anything else we could add to that. Uh, the perfect note to end the podcast. And I appreciate you, Jeff, yeah, for coming on to the time. show, man. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed and I, it. And again, we wish you the best on what's the remainder of the season and next season moving on. Hopefully, you know, we'll find new reasons to get you on board and yeah. bring you to the podcast and talk about another big win. Thank you. I appreciate it, man. Looking forward to seeing you. Same thing, man. Same thing. And uh, for those out there listening, one thing, thank you again, once again uh, for joining us. If you made it this far, go check out the sponsor, DouglasOutdoors.com. Check out the full line of LRS X Matrix and award-winning fly fishing rods. If you're going to be on the water, I can't stress this is enough. I know the name of the podcast is Bass Kayak and Beers. However, if you're going to be on the water, if you're going to have a couple of beers, just make sure you drink responsibly. And on top of all, wear your PFDs. Just make sure you make it back home to your loved ones. That's what I always say. So peace out. Have a great week, everyone. All right. Thank you. One of the most legendary shows in the outdoors is on Waypoint TV. Don't miss Primo's Truth About Hunting, Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. On Mondays, head offshore with Captain Scott Walker and Steve Roger for breathtaking deep sea adventures. Coming to me, coming to me, coming to me. Double. He's jumping, he's jumping, he's jumping. Oh! Oh! Look at Don't miss Mondays with Into the Blue. Brought to you by Academy Sports and Outdoors from 7 to 10 p.m. Eastern. Tell a few fish stories along the way. On Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment.